chatter podcast larry how you been sweating my balls off <laughs> it is hotter than shit outside it is it's so hot i think it, i think it was like 70 degrees when i drove down to the refuge a little while ago what i got 69, up to 70 69 or 70 i'm pretty sure i saw it pop but oh my god it was at least 69 for sure right now it is 65 degrees at my house ridiculous november 14th just freaking straight stupid hot hat super hat no i'm doing good other than that how'd your how'd your hunt go yesterday Mm, yesterday's hunt was okay um i guess uh it was actually really slow we just uh made the best of a couple groups of widgeon that came in and dropped seven of them so um that was that was decent uh never i don't you know that's one thing about widgeons is that i just you know they play well in the sandbox and yeah. you know we had uh probably i don't know a, a decent number of them probably 15 20 yards away from us so yeah well it's like you watch that video uh matt judy put out on youtube mm-hmm. of their i think they shot an 11 man mm-hmm. and like watching those widgeon work is just like it's like it's like doesn't compare really i mean they're just they're beautiful birds and when they work how they work like they did in that video sometimes you get those wads of them that come in and i mean it's just like you're kind of in awe and then you're like oh yeah we're hunting like all right shoot them i I, we had a a group the second group uh i i think that this was the case but they were probably 400 yards out flying over some trees and they were flying from north to south and blew the call at them and did some motion and they just kind of kept scooting by us but about three, four minutes later, all of a sudden I look back behind me and there's a group about the same number heading north. And we started calling there probably 150 yards out, 200 yards and uh, started calling. And they dropped down to, I don't know, 10, 15 feet, a group of probably 20 of them, uh, 15 feet over the top of the blind. Went over the top of the blind, went straight out 40 yards and seriously spun on a dime to pull into the wind yeah. and just presented themselves 15, 20 yards away. And I was going to ask if you guys had any wind yesterday at all. Really, It was just a little teeny bit. I was going to say I had a little bit. It was kind of a measly, not yeah. to me. It wasn't enough for me to really move from my big blind to my temporary blind. Cause normally I have that temporary blind set up for the last couple of weeks. We've had that kind of, kind of southerly flow mm-hmm. um, kind of puts me in a better spot for, uh, decoying birds i think there was a little bit of wind but nothing to put any ripples on the water how about that yeah yeah yep. that's fair there did but I, there was a little bit more when i went to the refuge uh mid-morning ish um there's a little bit there's a few bouts of um pretty decent 15 20 mile an hour winds there for a bit but nothing super crazy yeah and then uh this morning was even t- this morning was wor- worse i mean there was no no clouds no fog no wind, just the giant burning freaking. I got my SPF 100 out and 
freaking <laughs> it was brutal dude i mean we we go to go and i like to go duck hunting to go duck hunting i don't i, I like the experience uh this was an ideal weekend to get out but i i'm gonna go every damn weekend so yeah well that's um, like me on friday i got off early and i had over heading over to the pond and you know i went to the refuge i met you at the refuge there for a bit and um when we left or when you left and i turned around i snapped a few pictures and all of a sudden it was like somebody had walked in the room and just flipped the switch and they just scattered and i'm like you know a little more a little more rain a little bit of wind and i'm like i wasn't gonna go hunting but like i'm gonna go and just sit for you know a couple hours and see and um i mean it was yeah i mean i should have had a few i didn't shoot anything um i should have but i was out fiddle farting around in my decoys mm-hmm. moving my flippy and moving my for some reason i thought i needed to move my jerk cord i thought 20 feet further out was going to be perfect it will so, be next weekend yeah so i went out and moved it and as i'm out there moving it i swear to god three mallards come over the tree line and bang like right and i'm like uh-huh. should have been should have been in my blind ready but that no happens. gun either obviously gun, gun was in the blind yeah just totally like rookie move <laughs> but yeah this warm weather man i mean it's uh it's definitely not ideal for uh for wing shooting um over the water for waterfowl and everything it's ducks kind of start acting kind of weird with the the warmer weather um well i I, they don't have to eat as much right so they're not burning as many calories well yeah not only do they not have to eat as much i mean you look around and you know with all the rain that we had there's a lot of fields that had water in them there's some flooded cornfields that i mean normally this time of year you're kind of chilly and and Mm -hmm. you find a flooded cornfield and you're like on it like white on rice and i mean they're just not eating you know that corn and and grain is a it's a hot food source for them it's like really good at building them back up after they've migrated and it's full of carbs and and calories and stuff um you know they just they feed on i could be wrong but i want to say they feed on just kind of like bugs and invertebrate and stuff and sloughs and like duckweed and stuff but i i hope that that this is the last breath of, of fall and that bitch dies i'm ready for winter yeah i mean it's uh it was it was it was a experience to go out and be just dying of heat <laughs> and i'm i i don't ever want to feel that again this year i am extremely grateful for my breathable waiters i'll just I bet, say that i bet you are mm-hmm. i went out in carhartts and my i don't know why i put my carhartts on yesterday morning I wore my car hearts and under my waders and I was just like dying by the time I got to the blind. Well, when you looked outside yesterday um, or not yesterday, Friday, you know, it looked like a normal winter freaking rainy day in Oregon where it was going to be 45 to 50 degrees. And that's what it looked like. But yeah. that was when I got off the airplane and I walked out to my truck and I was like, I feel like I am walking out through a post rainstorm in Florida. Like, oh yeah. yeah. Just that kind of heavy, like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I was just like, you know, this, this ain't ducky. No, it looks ducky, but you put a freaking temperature gauge out there and it ain't ducky enough. So, yeah. but the weekend before we did really good. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You uh, guys had a hell of a hunt. Yeah, we did. It was cooler temperatures. You know, we had, I, I think, a group of birds that moved down that weekend and, or that week. And uh, 
went out and we shot a three man and of all mallards almost all mallards yeah well asterisk we'll just throw yeah. an asterisk in there just because yeah okay all mallards it sounds pretty so um shot a three man had a great time and then um we were going to go hunting on sunday and i uh, text you like at three o'clock in the morning because my dog woke me up. I don't know if what the heck he did. Freaking clumsy yeah. ass, freaking falling off the bed, or I don't know, but he couldn't hardly walk or sit down. And I was like, nah, I'm just gonna hang out. So I was a, uh, I was a uh, chicken shit out Sunday, and you went. I went. Yeah, we yeah. went Saturday. My wife and I went out, took my lab out for her first, not her first hunt, but the first hunt we took her out on. It was kind of a kind of a shot in the dark um this one i felt a lot more comfortable about just with the weather we had and everything like that with you guys hunting kind of close by you know we we're able to push birds around a little bit more mm -hmm. um so we got her out and her first retrieve uh was one that i'm very glad she was there for because i would have never found it probably we had a mallard land out probably i don't know 50 55 yards and i was like i'm i can hit it you know i stand up and pull up on it and he just picks up off the water and I shot just right at just held a little high on him and I mean I I winged him at best just kind of crippled him up and so I grabbed the dog and um she saw him right away and beelined for him and he went into some bushes and I went over there and I didn't see him but uh she found his scent and ended up coming out of the bushes with him and it was a proud uh proud dog moment. moment yeah dude yeah, it was cool sure. it was cool and then she was on fire after that you know we shot some yeah. widgeon and a couple couple ring neck and a spoonie and she got all of them so she's awesome. got she's got six six under her belt now and then i went out the next day without her and i really could have used her man i was dying i think i told you the story about it you know i had a bunch of mallards come in and i pulled up and they all kind of balled up when i shot and i ended up shooting three with one shot one of them just pillowcase the one that was behind it just got a few i think and he locked up and glid back towards my truck and i took off running after him about 200 yards dead sprint waiters rain jacket gun just looked like a dolphin offensive lineman running after a cheeseburger man right right i get over there winded as shit can't breathe i got stars floating around in my head like i just got punched in the ufc and I'm like, God dang it. Like, I'm not going to be able to find this bird, man. And I'm like, just hands on my knees, just <sighs> trying to like pull it together. And I turn around out of the corner of my eye. I see like a wing, you know, and I was like, oh, fuck. I found you now, buddy. You're mine. I ran <laughs> over there and grabbed him. And as I was going back, I saw the, the mallard hen that I'd hit just dead as a doornail in the water. And I was like, all right, like pull it together okay, and yeah. recompose myself and go back in the blind. And sure as shit, I go out there to pick it up and. I hear Mallard just whistling away and I'm like looking up, can't see it, can't see it. And he's about 50 yards away from me with a wing that's just backwards, swimming away as fast as he can. And I'm like, and I like open my chamber up a little bit. I got one shell, I pull up, he's about 60 yards. So I am just a little high and I pull the trigger. Didn't even touch him. <laughs> I'm like, son of a bitch. I don't have any shells left, no shells in my waders. So I'm running through about a foot and a half of water chasing after him i chased him to a willow tree we played ring around the willow tree for a good a good five eight minutes mm -hmm. finally he took off one way and i waited for him to get away from me so he wouldn't go back to the tree 
ends up going into the bushes and they're like that thorny bush that I don't want anything to do with. And I'm like, you son of a bitch, like you better not go in there. And he goes in there and he hunkered down. So I just bit the bullet and I grabbed my gun by the, where the stock meets the actual, the action. Yep. And I just stabbed it right into the mud, about a foot in the mud. I pinned it right behind him so he couldn't go anywhere. And I reached in there, grabbed him, pulled my gun out, looked at it, barrels full of mud. And I'm like, this is cool. But, you know, whatever, I got my bird. So I go back and I got my barrel apart, my chapsticks laying on the ground from my plug chamber area. <laughs> I got sticks. I'm pushing out mud with the sticks. And then I got the barrel out in the water, like doing laundry with it. And it was a... You're a white girl drunk status. Dude, it was a fucking fiasco. It was horrible. <laughs> but, yeah, I really could have used my dog as she was, uh, I think, sleeping on the couch with my wife. So yeah, that's uh my dog. That's where we got the uh, his first retrieve. Also, that's it. I mean, mm-hmm. it was cool. I mean, you never get a first. You only get one first retrieve, and it was a wasn't a you big know, greenhead, but and his was ridiculous, like stupid. Like he, uh, we had the uh, one teal come in single early in the morning, and it was probably twenty yards out, and I shot, and it folded kind of to the fell into the water and it was out there swimming around in circles yeah about 20 yards right so i sent the dog on it he was i don't even know probably uh, eight months old and he ran out there and none of my buddies had any freezer birds for training Mm. um so this was like his first experience i had some duck scent that i put on dummies and that kind of stuff but right he, he went out there and got to it and then started prancing around it in circles and barking at it. Okay. <laughs> and then he reached down and I got out there with him and I was like super hyped man for him. And he reached down and like kind of got a hold of it just with his front teeth. And he walks off with it. And I was like, yay, first retrieve. So I go over and this thing's crippled and I grab a hold of it. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to just grab it. And it's about the size of a softball, right? I'm going to throw it yeah. out in the water and make him go retrieve this thing again. And I launch it. <laughs> Did it take off? <laughs> the fucking thing flew away. <laughs> and I'm yelling at my buddy because it's flying between him and I. And I'm yelling God. for him to shoot it because I want to get this bird stuffed, right? And... uh and he just is laughing, laughing his ass off at my dog. <laughs> but that, that's a great, it's a great pond. It's not too deep. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a great pond for a, for, a, yeah. for a young pup. Yeah. I mean, especially, I feel like that pond, I feel like that pond, not only do you get front row seats to the shit show sometimes, but mm-hmm. you get all of the tickets to the shit show sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, I feel like that pond has something something above it something going around it that just <laughs> it's just a nasty nasty well, place it is to, important it is important to have a dog at that one just because there's brush 360 oh I yeah mean, yeah it's i mean if you you know i think of it a lot like almost like shooting sea ducks it's like if they hit the water and they're still alive you better keep an eye on them or just put another one in it because it, you can lose it anywhere that goes yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah but yeah so, i mean we had good weekends last weekend uh i hope to kind of wrap this section up i hope we um you know i hope next weekend the way it looks it looks like it's gonna get cooler um, 20 degrees 20 degrees cooler which is normal because right now it's not normal um 
so yeah cooler temperatures um there's a ton of birds up north i was up uh north of portland or i guess not yeah kind of north west of portland uh last night yesterday um and it's there's a ton of birds up there man i think they just need a couple more pushes of some cold weather bouts and and they'll be down in our laps mm-hmm. uh more pintail showing up a little more teal are showing up i saw some cinnamon teal um yeah you did the friday i mean yeah. that thing was a stud too it was um but yeah i mean there's more birds showing up and i think uh the cooler temperature is really going to help out next weekend um, i'm hoping so i think next weekend will be a a, a nice little bump for us here um i don't yeah. think it can go backwards to be honest with you so um I think it'll be better. And then the weekend after that, you know, I, again, I think that this, this weekend was just that last little yeah. bit of fall. Yeah. I'm hoping that we get that normal push of birds. We get in right around that Thanksgiving time, you know, mm-hmm. right around now, we normally get a pretty good push of birds and that yeah. one stays for, you know, a pretty, pretty good weeks. amount of time. Yeah. yeah. But month. Yeah. Yeah. But on that, you know, we're talking about warm weather and stuff. Um, you know, with the warm weather, duck hunting changes a lot because you know like we talked about earlier lightly the corn and stuff and the grain and and all that's a really hot food source for them um one thing that i like to do and i might be totally wrong but this is what i do when it gets hot is i'll look for places that aren't um like i look for like backwater sloughs um smaller ponds that don't have a major food source like corn in it or for you guys that are around like grain fields um grain anything like quote unquote resting ponds yeah something that's more of a loafing area you know could become an area that you can do well in when it's warm out just because they're typically feeding on like the smaller like the seeds like the duckweed and the smartweed and invertebrate and everything like that um the other thing too that you talked about was really making sure that in warm weather situations you capitalize at every chance that you get because mm-hmm. in the cold weather you're gonna see a lot more birds than you are in the hot weather not hot weather the warm weather um and just making sure that any chance that you get to to capitalize on birds working your spread or, or coming in you know maybe not wait for that next pass where they're gonna be 20 yards instead of 35 or 40 um you know take a deep breath and, and take the shot you get and and make the most of the three that are in the gun because um, mm-hmm. it's not guaranteed that that next go around they're going to come back you know they might sure. just bounce out yeah absolutely um but yeah i mean that's that's kind of the downside of this um being in oregon you know you get this kind of every once in a while you get a couple weeks of warm weather and it, it throws a wrench in your your hunting you know i like to get out as much as i can and i try not to let the warm weather deter me from it um you know there's always places you can go and and find birds sitting so yep you got anything to add to that no just you know seize those opportunities i mean yesterday yeah it was we didn't fire a gun there wasn't any shots fired around us until shooting hours was at 6 39 and i don't think we actually shot the the first group of birds was probably at eight, eight or eight thirty. A couple hours yeah. later, and then we had another group of widgeon. Twenty minutes after that, so if we didn't write it out, we would have never had those opportunities. We could have wrapped it up within an hour and a half of no birds and gone home. But yeah, you know, you stick it out, so <clears throat> it might fly. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, other waterfall news. Last week was the was it the fiftieth anniversary? Is that what Sean was saying? I think he was saying it was the fiftieth anniversary of the. You could be right. The calling championship in Easton, Maryland. Um, a lot of guys showed up for that. You know, it's always a cool event. I'd like to go to it one day. Probably not compete, but just go to it and you know be there for it. There's a lot of cool mm-hmm. stuff that goes on over there. Yeah. Um, saw a video of Kyle Jones absolutely destroying the short read. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'd like to know who. I want to know who won. I can't find yeah. it anywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll pop up this week. Yeah. So, yeah, that went on over there. Um, you know, guys are still killing birds up north of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully. Um, wow, I just really got off on that one. I just, I blanked. <laughs> I just lost where I was at totally. It happens. Oh, God. We did uh, have some questions. Yeah, we did. Uh, I did find one more or two more on here from the facebook so uh the one question one of the questions we got um from kyle healy he asked how do you better identify birds in low light is there any tips or tricks so i'm assuming what he's talking about is normally like in the beginning of the morning first yeah you've got your first buzzers come by um yeah i mean it's definitely Low light situations can be tricky for identifying birds. You're, I think you're 99% on flight pattern, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the size of the birds or the size of the group of birds, you know, if it's two, you're probably looking, if it's a pair, you're probably looking at mallards, right? If you're bopping around and it's a group of 10 to 20, possibly teal, obviously smaller, right? Yeah. Um, and I've had some instances before that were really really hard late in the season down here in the valley where it was a group you know we kick some birds off setting up decoys and you'd hear the widgeon and you'd hear the pintail mm-hmm. and only being able to shoot one 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 pintail you know that group of birds you know where those groups of birds would come back around first light and and you just you couldn't take that risk yeah. so you know we would wait um we would hold off, you know, maybe an additional 15 minutes until we could really identify it. Or if it was a, you know, if there was three birds and there was three guys hunting, you, yeah. you knew you were fine. But yeah. I think one other thing too, uh, with it is if you're hunting a place that, um, like if you're hunting a private land place, um, that you've scouted, you know, you found it on Friday after work, whatever you glassed it, you know, there's 500 mallards out there roughly. And there's, 25 or 30 pintail out there then you can pretty much know that if they're a good sized bird that's coming in um you know a lot of it depends on what you've got out there um mm-hmm. if you know there's mallards out there majority of the time what you kick off what you see is probably going to come back mm-hmm. um one thing that i in the morning do is i like to try to listen a little bit more closely in the morning just because i feel like birds are pretty talkative in the morning mm-hmm. um you know all it takes is one pass and and just when that bird's headed away from you to making a turn or something just letting out a quack that you can barely sure. hear 
Yep. And then boom, there you go. You know, it's Mallard, you know, you know, it's well, a, there's at least a Mallard there. And if there's two of them, it's probably two Mallards. That's the big reason why I like to be in the blind. If I'm hunting a, a, an early morning setup, be done, be freaking done with everything, you know, 15 minutes before shooting hours. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. I'm hunting a, a pond, you know, and I don't have a lot of setup, I still want to be there 15 to 20 minutes early just to yeah. listen around, hear things. Um, cause you're a hundred percent right. You can get an idea of what's around, yeah. you know, widgeon whistles yep. and mallard quacks, right. You can hear yep. things. Um, the other thing too, is like, you were talking about kind of like flight patterns. Um, some birds have very distinct char characteristics to them, like a wood duck, you know, we've talked about in the past, it, it's got a real flat tail. Um, also kind of just looks like a, like a football is flying through the air. Mm -hmm. Um, they're also really talkative. You know, they like screeching. Um, but one of the, yeah, that's one of the things too, is just picking out, um, like on pintails, you know, they have a considerably longer neck than yeah. most ducks. Um, mm -hmm. So normally if you see long neck ducks, they're probably pintail. Um, they yep. could be mallards. Um, but most of the time you see something with a, a longer neck on it, it's probably a pintail. Yep. Um, but, but yeah, so uh, early morning or low light situations, uh, listen a little closer. Um, if you're hunting a private place that you scouted, you know, 90% of the time, um, if you've got a bunch of one species out there, that's probably the majority of what you're going to be seeing if you kick them off the pond. Um, and then just using your eyes and, and, you know, really taking in what they look like, how they're flying, if they're high, if they're low, if they're in big groups, if they're solo, um, and just kind of go from that. Um, but, you know, like you said, if you're not comfortable with it and you've only got you know, two guys with you and you think that they're pintail just, I mean, it sucks, but just wait, wait, you know, cause there's nothing worse than going out and, and, sh you know, busting into a group of pintails or something and being like, Oh shit. Like now we've got four pintail for two guys. And, you know, then you run the risk of getting caught and getting a wildlife violation. And, you know, it's not, it's really not worth it. Nope. At least in, in my opinion. Um, so that's that question uh i got some questions on instagram here oops that was obnoxious uh somebody asked uh season outlook what's your outlook on the season larry i think it's going to be a decent year you know yep. a couple of years I, I think that we're coming we i think like everything is all ebbs and flows and i think the couple of years ago was pretty low i felt uh yeah you know, three years ago, whatever it was. Uh, and I feel that we're kind of rebounding out of that. Maybe it's a little bit slow of a start to the year, but I don't even know if it's that slow of a start to the year. Um, we I always like not. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's actually decent. We just, you know, we had an odd week here. Um, I think it's going to be a decent year overall. I, you know, does it get, does it get cold, cold last year? I don't remember. I remember one time having like a skiff of ice across the pond. You know, but I think we're going to yeah. actually have like a half an inch of, of I think we, we're going to have some cold, cold. Well, I know. I remember last year specifically, we had, there was three goose hunts I had that was, it was really, it was cold, cold, like chilly cold. Um, I hunted with our buddy one day um, out at his property and there was snow on the ground. The snow had froze. The fog was freezing. I mean, it was cold and nasty. Um you know, I think a lot of stuff too this year. I mean, we had water early. Mm -hmm. 
um, in comparison to the last few years. Um, I know we're coming out of a drought, but or not coming out of a drought, but we're in a drought. Yeah. Um, you know, that little bit of water can make a huge difference. Um, gives birds a lot more places to go and, um, spread them out a little bit. So they're not all stacked up in one place. And mm -hmm. one guy goes out and hunts and pushes them out. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, I'd like to think that this is going to be a good year. I, um, yeah. you know, there's been birds around, um, you know, where we were hunting at that, I mean, they were, mm -hmm. they were knocking the mallards. I mean, he started, he's starting out pretty hot. Yeah, I think if you take the ten-year average, uh, we're, we will be at an we're at an average place right now. Yeah, which be DU trending up. DU puts out a like a, a bar graph every mm -hmm. year of of current year breeding status to the ten-year to the um, you know all the way back to when they started keeping track of it. Um, you can look at that too and get a rough number off of that, but. You know, I mean, take it for what it's worth. I think a lot of those studies go on in places that are kind of irrelevant to the Pacific Flyway. I think a lot of those studies take place in the potholes um, mm -hmm. and the Dakotas and stuff. There, there are some studies out here that are done like that. Yeah. But yeah, it also, you know, you got to have this right situation at the right time. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. if you sit here and and we have a lot of rain or a lot of sheet water right now, abnormally for this time of the year that and being this early that's uh that's not a good thing a great thing for us but you go another three weeks from now if those yeah. sheet water puddles are all around there's a lot of water around to house a lot of birds well one of the other questions we got um from skedley 44 is uh this warm weather where are the widgeon thoughts on walking off first light birds um to start with, I haven't seen really a lot of widgeon. Mm, no, I saw, I mean, I, I think I probably have probably have shot 20 so far this year, maybe. Yeah. Something um, like that. You know, I feel like the... I widgeon are typically mid-November, mid-November on. Yeah, I think we really start getting into the widgeon around like the Thanksgiving time. Yeah. Like I said, that big push of birds that we get. I mean, I think there's a lot of birds that come in... Um, a lot of widgeon that come in with the that push of birds mm -hmm. um the other thing too is um you know sometimes we'll get birds that get blown in from the coast coast yeah yeah and i think a lot of the widgeon that you end up seeing are probably coastal widgeon that, you know they're following fair shot. yeah they're following that that coastline down and they're hitting up the bays and stuff um and then a nasty storm rolls in and they just ride the storm <laughs> right over and and they end up in the valley mm -hmm. um so yeah, I don't know where the widgeon are at. Um, like I said, I mean, give it a couple yeah. weeks. Yeah, I think we're a little early, yeah. maybe a little premature widgeon on widgeon. Um, but I mean, they're coming. I mean, I know they're in. I know they're in Washington for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least what's left of them. Matt didn't kill all of them up there. He's trying. I know he is. He needs to pump the brakes a little bit. I know he doesn't <laughs> like shooting snows, but you know, maybe switch, maybe switch it up a little bit for us there, bud. <laughs> give us a chance down here in the valley. Um, I also asked thoughts on walking off first light birds. What's your thought on that, Larry? My thought is, is that when I get to the water, that's when I'm pushing birds off, right? So throwing out decoys, setting up the blinds, uh, sitting in the blind, talking too much, right? I'm pushing the birds off mm -hmm. then. But in regards to first light, 
I don't know. I think I'm kind of indifferent on that. There's been times I have a buddy of mine, uh, my old man friend, he, uh, he's got a, a, a draw tar and we used to hunt a lot with that dog and he would just get so restless with birds in the water that, uh, they the never, super, the super talkative dog. Yeah. Super yeah. talkative. And, and they just never would last. So if it was two minutes before hours, you might as well just sit down, drink your coffee until it's shooting light, <laughs> like not even look around. Cause there yeah. isn't going to be anything out there. Um, yeah. you know, I've done it both ways. I, I think it's up to each individual on how they want to handle that. Um, yeah, I've done it both ways. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's kind of the way I am is, um, you know, I'm not going to go out of my way to keep them on the water by any means. Um, you know, you keep them on the water. I think there's a, a window of time to where, you know, kick them off or leave them. You know, if you've got six minutes left and mm -hmm. you've got, you know, 20 ducks sitting out there, if you think you can keep them there for six minutes, um, go for it i will I mean, tell you when my pup was young mm -hmm. i wanted to i wanted every damn opportunity i could for another retrieve for him yeah right repetition's the greatest training tool yeah. i i think and you know so when he was young i was extremely you know everybody shut up be quiet don't say a peep turn the alarm off on your phone so there's no beep beep beep, beep going off at shooting yeah. hours and try to get as many freaking opportunities for that dog to retrieve as I could yeah. as he's growing. And as he's kind of coming to his own, um, I'm not as aggressive, I guess you could say on, yeah. On those birds. Overly concerned with it. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, uh, Skylar, I know you goose hunt quite a bit also. Um, I don't know if you're, talking about duck hunting as much as you are goose hunting, but I'll go ahead and touch on the goose too, because I know a lot of times um, it's hard to keep those geese out of the field because you have that, especially here in the permit zone, you have a half hour window between duck light and goose light um, or shooting hours. Sorry for ducks and geese. Um, you know, with goose, with, with goose hunting, I want to try to get them. I want to try to get them on the ground when I can, um, you know, be that 15 minutes before, or 20 minutes before if they're there and you're set up let them work i mean i like to let them work and then let them land and let them kind of work their way out and then i'll just grab something that i can you know just toss out of the blind or something to kind of get them to bump out you know whether it's a shell you know throw a shell out there let them get up yeah. <laughs> fight night uh, you know throw a shell out there bust them up you know get them spooked up run out there, grab your shell. Um, you know, a lot of times you go out and you run them out of the field. They don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. They just get up and they fly around and then they come back. Um, so in regards to goose hunting, you know, um, I like waiting until the last, you know, eight minutes or so go yeah. out there, kick them up. And by the time they come back around, you're sitting on a two minute wait. I mean, yeah, that's perfect. You know, you can keep them busy for two minutes. You can do a little, look and try to find one that maybe it's got a band on it. One that's got a nice neck, nice neck ring on it. Or, mm -hmm. you know, you can even get like a salt and pepper one, find one, pick it out, open your blind, wait for it to clear and then pick your trophy bird out. Um, yeah. You know, there's all sorts of different ways you can do that, but that's another, another thought on it. Um, he also asked, uh, he said specifically we had 50 miles on 
the water that I'm walking off or bumping. Um, I don't know if he means that they shot into them or if he means that they shot to get them up. I'm assuming they shot into them. Um, I would never shoot to spook them up necessarily. Um, I'd probably wait for them to either get uncomfortable and leave on their own um, or I'd wait for them to get far enough away to where you can get around to them and, and kick them up. Um, but I mean, whenever the time comes for it, um, if you have an option to get out and walk them off or bump them off, um, I always like doing that just to get them up, get them out and get them in the sky before yep. you take a shot at them really. Absolutely. Um, I think that was just tagged on to I think he ran out of I think he ran out of characters because <laughs> I think you can only ask a question that's so long. Um, oh, that, yeah, that could be. Yep. I want to say that was the issue. Um, another question we got from Sean Swearing Swearing Swearingen. Yep. Uh, he asked whether migration predictions favorite birds to shoot. We kind of touched on the weather and the migration predictions. Um, you know, I'm hoping for cold weather obviously and you know at least three more pushes of birds maybe four more pushes of birds as far as ducks agreed um i mean i think you're pretty pretty square on that yeah and i i'm my favorite two birds are mallards and widgeon yeah, yeah. i mean it's, i think especially around here i mean it's hard to top you know shooting widgeon yeah um you know i love to shoot honkers um yeah you give me honkers like over in eastern oregon that's a blast I, that's one yeah. of my favorite things to do but week in and week out being over here um yeah i mean it's a toss-up between mallards and widgeon really i mean the way widgeon work is i mean second to none but when you can get a group of mallards you know 25 30 mallards to really commit to you i mean it's i also like that big group of freaking 500 cacklers 20 feet above me too so there's nothing quite like getting shit on your face in the morning, right. literally. <laughs> literally, yeah. You think a bang wakes you up, wait till a cackler poops on your face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that'll, that'll really be a, an eye-opener. <laughs> so, um, I, think, I think that's pretty much all the questions again. Check it out. Uh, yep, those are all the questions for today. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I'm going to try to make a post every time we do a podcast like this and... Um, you know, I had a little uh, fupa this morning. Uh, I ended up sending it out to a bunch of people, not posting on my story. So there's only about 40 minutes before uh, the podcast. So not very many answers on on that one. But the ones that we did get, we appreciate it. Um, it's always nice getting questions from you guys so that we can answer on the show. Um, and maybe next time we'll give you a little bit more notice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll try harder next time. <laughs> Sorry uh so but yeah um yeah i mean hopefully god i hope next week i know i keep saying it but god i hope next week's cooler it will it'll be cooler well we'll hope push any birds down by the time we weekend warriors get out that'll be the question and we'll see about that yeah um but yeah um man you got anything else for that i'm i'm pretty good we are looking at getting Matt Judy on the show. Yeah, we got a few people. 
got a few people uh, interested in coming on the show. So we're going to get some some more guests for you guys to listen to. The Sean Stahl one was a big hit. Um, mm-hmm. Appreciate everybody that tuned in and listened to that one. Um, what a cool guy. That, that was cool. He was a super cool guy. Super nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, super knowledgeable. I mean, he just... I mean, you could learn so much if you could if you could spend a week with a guy like that and hunt with him every day, you come mm-hmm. back a whole new hunter. You would, <laughs> you would. whole new hunter. Yep. No. No, that that was that was awesome. So, I don't know. I mean, we're. I know we have been chatting about you know how we handle these, and we, you know we've talked about doing it uh, every other week. You know, something along those lines. So we'll see if we can come through with that. But that uh, that's kind of what we're thinking of right now. Um, yeah, so we're going to look at getting Matt Judy on, uh, he'd be a cool guy to get on. I mean, he Northwest hunter, he shoots a lot of the same kind of birds we do doing the same kind of hunts that we do on sheet water and stuff like that. So be interesting to pick his brain a little bit and see what he's got to, to share. Um, I think other than that, I mean, anything else to add? I don't get into this week of work and forget about this weekend and yep. uh maybe hit a dinger next dinger a dinger i do need a if any of you guys that listen to this have a small frame lab um my lab is about 40 to 45 pounds and i cannot find a vest that fits her i mean even the smalls are like they're bulky on her chest um uh, so I got two suggestions for you. One is I have a few, so let me see what I can dig up. Oh, okay. Uh, and two, uh, look up uh, Mo Marsh Vess. Yeah, I saw the the uh, what's the name? Is it the Alpha Dog? Vest? Well, I don't know the one that I remember, and there's a guy I know that actually has one. It's like fully adjustable. I don't know if you buy it like small, medium, or large, and then it's adjustable. Yes, it's yeah. uh it's a vel. I think it's a Velcro. It's super it's- nice. He had it like on a probably a 65 pound lab, and yeah. it was it was fitted appropriately. It, yeah. I, I thought it was a pretty good deal. I was gonna just ball out with Momar stuff. I was gonna get the Momarsh, the Invisalab or whatever yeah. blind they have for the labs. It's like. I think it's like 220 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to get uh, the stand. I don't, know, I don't think it came with the stand. I was going to get the stand for it. And then I was going to get a vest too. Mm-hmm. But uh, Declan, my buddy, ended up having a dog blind at his house this weekend when we went up there. And he's like, I don't have a dog to use. So you can take it if you want. So I've got like a pretty decent condition tangle free dog blind now that I'm training her to use. So have, have, have it in your blind. house, man. I, I mean, that's what I did with mine for almost it's a, little, a year. It's a little wet, so I got to leave okay. it in the laundry dry, room and yeah. let it dry out a little bit. And yeah. I think I'm just going to put a blanket in it and put it in the mm-hmm. bedroom and see if she'll sleep in it, get her comfortable yeah. with it. I mean, I've got her to the point now where I can, you know, I tell her kennel, you know, mm-hmm. I was I was taking some food. I take four or five pieces of kibble and I'd, I'd put them in her face and she'd smell them. And then I'd take them and I'd throw them when I threw them in the, the blind, I'd say kennel and I'd throw them in the yeah. blind kennel, kennel, yeah. kennel. Yeah. And I, then I after that, in the living room and yeah. I did. Yeah. I worked that for a long time with mine. Yeah. Yeah. Dog training is a whole nother. I've got a book now on it. And then I'm like, this is going to be a whole 
another demon. It is. It's a fun one though. But I was say it's it's been pretty fun so far. Yeah. So, but yeah, if there's anybody that listens to this, that's a big uh, dog trainer that's trained labs in the past, trained hunting dogs in the past. Send us a message on Instagram. Um, I got some questions for you to pick your brain, and it'd also be cool to get somebody like that. You know, you don't have to be from a company or anything. Yeah, but yeah. like somebody who's got a lot of experience, it'd be great to get you on the show um, and pick your brain a little bit. Cause I know a lot of guys have dogs and pups and they want to get them involved, but they don't know where to start or they don't want to necessarily go out, go all out with the cornerstone, the 52 plus or whatever, you know, it's a great program, but it costs. Um, so but yeah, if anybody listens, that's a, a dog guy, um, hit us up, let us know. Uh, we'll work it out. See if we can get on the show. Uh, it'd be great to, get some impressions from you absolutely so, but i think with that uh we covered all of our talking points yes should sir we, should we roll up and roll, roll up out. and roll out <laughs> sounds good to me okay well it's always a pleasure getting to talk with you and and bs about the weekend are you you're not leaving anytime soon again are you no i think i'll no, probably three weeks of being at home so i think oh, that's uh, that's good I think maybe middle early part of December, middle of December, I'll take off for a week. Yeah. And then I won't have to go again until after the, the first. Sweet deal. Yes, sir. Well, it's always a pleasure getting you on and talking with you. Uh everybody that listened, don't forget, follow us on Instagram at blind underscore chatter on Facebook, uh the blind chatter podcast. And email is the blind chatter podcast at gmail.com. Don't be afraid to send us questions, send us your pictures, um, head us up, anything. I mean, you know, it's always nice to hear from you guys, get questions for the show. Gives us a few more talking points. Absolutely. So until next time, guys, appreciate you joining in and uh, be safe and have fun. Take care. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.